I'm Carissa Andrews, international best-selling indie author and CEO of Author Revolution. With more than 15 books published, it's safe to say I have made a ton of mistakes in my endeavor to become a full-time author. The most important thing that I've learned in the past decade is that indie authors need to protect their creativity and their serenity. Being an author is a long game, and that's why I'm on a mission to teach other indies just like you how to publish books with a sustainable, rapid-release method. I created the Author Revolution podcast to give you insights and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you do just that. If you're an ambitious author or one in the making who's looking to create a long-term author career and a life you love, you've found your tribe, my friend. Let's get your author revolution underway. Welcome back, everyone. This week, I have something very special for you. I have an interview with a special guest. My friend Paul Heingarten is going to be joining me today, and we're going to be talking about his process into becoming an indie author and, for him, a rapid release author in the coming year. Now, a little bit about Paul. Paul is an indie author who writes mainly science fiction and fantasy, with an occasional detour into general fiction. He has also been a musician for most of his life and an IT professional because, of course, it pays the bills. He lives in South Louisiana with his wife, Andrea, and in addition to sharing his passion for writing with his wife and his local Bayou Writers Club, he is also a diehard Saints fan. What you might not know is that Paul and I were also a part of a box set that came out called On the Brink. We were part of a dystopian science fiction group. And we, that's really where we started kind of hanging out a little bit more. And since then, Paul and I have become good friends. Now, I would love for you to learn a little bit more about his process because I really do think that it will inspire you into seeing how things change and how to be able to develop your author career. Perhaps you're just starting out. Perhaps this concept of rapid releasing is new to you, or perhaps even indie authorship is kind of new to you. Well, Paul is going to highlight some questions that maybe you have. I know that there are some that I've even had. So I hope you enjoy learning a little bit more about Paul and what it is that he writes. So I'm not going to take any more time. Let's hop right to it. Welcome, Paul, to our crazy Author Revolution podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. I would love it if you would go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and let my audience know kind of what you're into, what you're doing, what you're up to. Well, thanks for having me, Carissa. And hello, everybody. Uh, My name is Paul Heingarten, and uh, I'm 48 years old. I live in New Orleans, Louisiana. And um, aside from the writing, a few other things about me. Um, I've uh, been a musician for over 40 years, a trumpet player, playing in bands all the way back to grade school up to present day and um, a lot of different music there. Uh, Been married since 2006 to a lovely lady named Andrea. And we've been living in uh, kind of a suburb of uh, the New Orleans area. And uh, basically, uh, you know, just uh, like good food and uh, music and surviving the COVID world as of late. (laughs) Right? It's been craziness. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. And just for uh, those who are listening, if you do like to listen to trumpet playing, you should definitely follow Paul on social media because he is always in there. I, I always see you playing your trumpet <laughs> and doing all, what is that trumpet in the hall or Paul in the hall? Paul in the hall. Yeah. It, it kind of, it. It, it grew out of this past world because, you know, I was in several bands and of course, since mid-March that came to a screeching halt. So I, I just, I was trying to, grasps or something of the the, the pre-COVID life and I figured well I mean it's easy to just play one of these you know quick videos and you know get my fix for music for the week so it kind of and people seem to have enjoyed it so it, it's oh, sure. me a, encouraged me to keep doing it that is so awesome I love it so much <laughs> <laughs> Thank so you. okay how long have you been writing because you and I have been friends for years but I would love to know how long you've actually been writing well, um, writing in general started way back. I, I mean, I, I remember a creative writing class that we had in grade school. And, you know, it was just, I don't even think, it wasn't the whole, it was probably just a, 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 a unit of the English class we were in. And it didn't last very long, but it, it made a <laughs> impact. It was like, this is kind of fun. You know, I, I, I like this. And, and then from there, um, a little bit in high school, you know, just, I worked for the school yearbook and then uh, it, it kind of grew a little more when I got to college, majored in journalism and uh, wrote for the school newspaper. But as far as like the novel writing that I've been doing for the past few years, that really didn't start until uh, about 2010 or so. I started working on my first draft of what was going to be my first novel. So. You and I both, it must have been the year for it. 2010 was like right at that time frame when everyone was like, you know, this is really kind of fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's kind of funny. Just uh, I guess over time and, you know, just I, I've read over the years, of course, and I don't know, just something just kind of clicked one day. Like, yeah, and maybe maybe you said maybe it was 2010, you know, something about that year. So what, what time frame of 2010 did you start writing? I'm just curious because for me, it was like October 10th. I, I even know the date because it was 10, 10, 10. <laughs> hmm, there you go. Um, I think it might have been earlier in the year. I, I worked, um, the, the schedule I've had, I've been on since about uh, 2006, actually. At work, my day job is um, I worked four days a week. So it used to be I had off on Mondays and, and then, you know, with all that extra time, you know, of course, at first, you know, you're just doing the, okay, I'm off work. I'm going to sleep in till you know, 11 or whatever. And, but I have it, never done it, that. <laughs> well, you know, it, the benefit of having no kids. I mean, you, you, right? you have a far different experience than me on that. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, so I, I think it just kind of grew from there. But I think it was early in the year that I, I started doing that. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So <laughs> what, what kind of stuff do you write so that my audience, I mean, I've probably already told my audience what you write or the type of stuff you write, but why don't you elaborate? What, what is it that you really enjoy writing and how did that kind of come about? Well, uh, the, bulk, the bulk of what I write is science fiction. I had a, a, a trilogy that I completed earlier in the year, which was uh, kind of a dystopian and post-apocalyptic-ish and um, lately, what I've been working on very, very steadily is a space opera series. Uh, that, that's the majority. I do, the, the story I mentioned that I started writing back in 2010, which became a novel, was actually not even science fiction at all. It was just general fiction. I, I just, I wanted to, I guess it was 
challenge myself like okay let me see can you write a book can you finish a book you know and but that, that first one <laughs> that is the question yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly it wasn't even sci-fi at all so but it was kind of and I think you've said this on on an earlier episode I heard you say that you know once you finish if you don't finish writing a book you won't have the what it takes to continue you know it's it's part of the process is finishing it yeah, yeah which, absolutely. You learn so much in that finishing phase. And if you don't go through that entire cycle at least once, there's so much that y- you can't conceptualize just yet because it, it, it isn't even in your worldview. Mm-hmm. As far as like influences go, uh, I mean, well, you can go all the way back to 1977 when I was a, a young lad. And uh, I know right movie, where you're going with this one. <laughs> a, little, a little movie called Star Wars came out <laughs> Back when we just called it Star Wars, it wasn't The Rise of Skywalker or Return of the Jedi. It was just Star Wars. And yep, yep. Yeah, I don't even remember exactly when I first saw it. My brother is five years older than me, so I have to figure he was probably chomping at the bit. And you know, was mom going to get a babysitter for you know two hours? So, um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm sure I was brought along at some point. I don't know remember exactly. I don't know if it was the opening week, but I I definitely saw it and saw it often that. Nice. those couple of years so that, that was like the genesis of it but then you know you go on further into and really it, it was more movies for me um that that really got my interest in sci-fi uh later on um alien aliens the terminator oh yes uh, mm-hmm. even et you know just just all, uh, we're just we're just getting a lot of really good stories in those days and it, it you know i guess at first of course I'm drawn into the cool effects, you know, being a guy, I guess, visually stimulated, you know, like the, the spaceships and the, the lightsabers and just the, the, the battles and everything really caught my eye. But yeah, I think the stories were just always there. I just, it took me a while to really start appreciating them. And then the strong characters, male and female, I mean, back to Princess Leia, then you have Sarah Connor and, all these other sure. really good, good heroes with solid stories. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I think for me, I've always really loved the visuals as well, but it, it's not just uh, in sci-fi, at least for me, it's not just the visual part of it, but it's the forward thinking, like trying to put myself outside of the norm of where we are now and, and seeing like, where could we technically be? Could this, is this something that we could at some point actually pull into the future and, and become, you know what I mean? Like, like even with Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, walking around with iPads basically, you know, on Star Trek and, and now we're living it. And it's just all of those little nuances. I, I love the mental somersaults sci-fi puts me through. I love that. Yeah, definitely. Or like uh, Lieutenant Uhura, the very first Bluetooth, you know, the thing in her ear. Right. I mean, come on back in 1966, she's, she's, she's got one of those. Heck Yes. That is so fantastic. So, okay, then that makes me ask the question, which one are you? Are you a Star Trek or a Star Wars fan? Well, I do like both, uh, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's interesting, well, Star Wars across the board. Now, I will say I, I do have more love for the episodes, although got to give it up to the Mandalorian for just knocking oh, it out of the park most recently. But uh, having gotten so much into the other series of star wars like the rebels and the clone wars and things like that i mean i appreciate it and and i figure if it's anything in that universe i'm sure i'm gonna like it i just i have focused more on the episodes now for star trek i mean they've got their own factions in it. you got the original series the next generation deep space nine and 
Voyager and, and so on. And I'm, a, I'm an old school uh, with Star Trek. I mean, I, I love Kirk and just the, the, the group, what they did and, and just those, those stories there. But I mean, I have gotten to like uh, Picard as well. I mean, how can you oh, not discovery like- <laughs> though? Discovery beats Picard. Come on. Oh, really? Yeah, like it that, does. Huh? It's so good. And I didn't think I'd like it because I didn't like the, the main character from when she was on uh, the walking dead, but she's grown on me. I like her now. I can't remember her name, but she's fantastic. <laughs> is that Kate Mulgrew or is that, was she in something? I, mean, I can't remember I for sure. I would have to look it up. I should, probably yeah. should have come to think of it, but yeah, she's, she's just really great. She's, she's done a good job of growing on me as uh, Spock's sister. So that's been an interesting transition. So now we kind of know a little bit about your writing and the, the influences, but what is your release strategy as it stands right now? Like, what are you doing for 2021? What have you tried in the past? What kind of uh, situation do you have under your belt? <laughs> Cause you've well, got a lot of books and short stories out there. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, it's it's been a steady stream. I mean, I, I've tried over the past few years. I think I've been pretty good with at least one or two a year. Now, um, you know, I, and I was a little new on the uh, the box set idea, and uh, I'm in a, a writers group, which got to give them a, a shout out. Bayou Writers Club. Um, unfortunately, we've been on on hiatus like everybody else. But one of the things that we we were doing uh, Zoom chats with the, with the uh, pandemic and. You know, I, I'd heard about box sets since being in this group, but I never really thought about doing it for me. And, you know, I had this, this trilogy, the, the Valkyrie Chronicles, and the last one came out in February of this year. And then started hearing from people, oh, you got to do the box set. What, what do you mean? And, and I would go on Amazon and I would see they had the nice little pretty display of the three books. And I figured that's what everybody was talking about. And I just promote, promote that link. And they said, no, no, you got to get the, the book together all three of them in, in one and, and and do that and so um that that was kind of you know what got me to do that but the release strategy i've had up until this year has just been pretty much one or two now my good friend carissa andrews uh is really <laughs> was that where yeah, i've heard of her <laughs> i've never heard of her <laughs> some crazy lady up from minnesota yeah, <laughs> yeah she, uh, you, you, when you mentioned the um rapid release your your boot camp course and it started to, to get me thinking about it and i had heard about rapid release elsewhere but it, it, i guess it was just another you know kind of ping about that idea and so i had been working on this space opera series and you know i started with the idea of six I don't want to say, well, I, I was thinking of them as short stories. I think they're technically more novelettes. They're a little longer than a short story, you know, 10 to 20,000 words, somewhere in there. Yeah. each. And I just started thinking of them as a connected universe, you know, almost like a, an MCU, if you will, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And just this, this one, and I, I figured I'd start with a war, figure what, what's going to go on. I mean, look what, you know, um, George R. R. Martin did with Game of Thrones. Let's make it some kind of a war that's going to go on with all these factions of these right. nations. And so figure I can get a lot of stories out of it. But I started with these six and I figured, well, originally I was going to put them out as just one anthology, just one thing and be done with it. And I'd have one release and then it'd be back to square one writing again. So I thought, well, people seem to be doing a lot more shorter works these days when I put them out separately. And then I went from having one release date to having six and then really seven 
where I can have the, the uh, anthology on the back end. So I, I kind of, I, I've been thinking and, and really decided to adopt that whole rapid release where now instead of just putting out one book, I'll have really seven releases over, nice. you know, once every, one every two months into in 2021 and going beyond. So that, that's kind of where I'm, I'm heading is it, just to try to, you know, get a little more visibility and repetitive exposure, not just one book, but a continual, you know, flow of new works. Absolutely. Do you feel that that uh, flow for you is working out pretty well? Like getting, are you ahead of yourself or are you going to try to write it and then release it, write it and then release it? I've always been worried about, I know, I think you may do this and I know this, this, I've seen a few other authors uh, follow, just say that, yeah, I put the pre-order up and I haven't even written the book yet. And that, that blows my mind. I mean, I salute anybody who can do that. And I just, I, I figure I would be stressing like, like a mofo if I did that. I love it. <laughs> I'd be like, no. Yeah, I, my, my day job's stressful enough. I don't need to add on to it. <laughs> right. That is so smart sometimes, I swear. That's kind of where I'm at for 2021. I'm this close to pulling the trigger. Don't tell Jenny. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> So as an indie author, what are some of your biggest frustrations about the process? Well, as of late, uh, marketing has been a big thorn for me. Um, I've, yeah, I've heard all the stories about how well sales can dip in December and January, but I mean, mine have been almost basically flatlined. It's now that being said, I don't do whole lot of paid promotions. I mean, I, I, I was doing them a lot earlier. Uh, I, I got a little burned out when, when I, you know, I get recommendations from people, fellow writers, people in my, the Bite Writers Group Club, and they would say, you know, like this service, that service, you know, and, and I don't even want to throw any under the bus with this video, uh, but just some of them were just like, okay, I'd gotten some traction and I guess, you know, I guess you, you can't totally put it on the service sometimes. I mean, it, it is your cover. It's your marketing that you're putting in there, your your blurb and everything. So you got to take a little of it on yourself that, you know, maybe there's something you can do differently. But 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 marketing has just been a challenge because uh, just trying to figure out what is the the golden ticket. And I figure the really if there is one, nobody's talking and it, it's just it's one of those elusive things. Now I know there's people that do make very well selling their books independently. Um, I've just been struggling to find that, that Avenue that gets me to where my readers are. Right. I think one of the biggest things that I found over the years, cause I I've tested out pretty much every marketing tactic known to man mm-hmm. and some of them work really well. Some of them don't work as well. Some of them work great as long as you're spending a certain amount of money. But the problem is then, it can force you upside down if you're not careful. So cost per click, pay, you know, pay to play advertising is definitely one of those things. You have to know where your breaking point is. And I think that's something that I in the past have struggled with understanding. And I think most authors do too, where it's like, you can't, you can't outbid yourself. Otherwise you're losing money. You know what I mean? In the long run. And, and sometimes you take those hits because you're like, Hey, I think ultimately uh, it'll pull readers through the rest of my books as we go forward. So you, you know, loss leader and all that stuff. But I'll tell you, it's, it is a struggle. And I think all authors, not just indie authors, but I think all authors probably struggle with the, the marketing side of things if they don't have a, a marketing team who only focuses on books 
and so they know that game. Yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, and, and and you hear the the stories of these like pie in the sky people that I mean, your J.K. Rowling's, Stephen King, and and you know just all these authors that are just like you know they, they're bringing these insane numbers, and I, I think I know for me and probably a lot of indie authors like well oh, hell if they did it why can't i do it i mean it's got to be yeah. easy right you just write the book and put it out there <laughs> not so much <laughs> but here's the thing you know, you can't you can't compare your beginning to their like middle you know what i mean or sure. and if they're getting close to their you know lifespan i guess i mean stephen king's not gonna live for like another hundred years but he's, <laughs> he's still going so you know power to yeah. that man yeah. but i think a lot of us we do struggle with that comparison where it's like, well, if they could do it, why can't I? Well, some of these people, you know, do you have JK Rowling's marketing team? Do you have her budget? All right, Probably right. not. You know what true, I mean? True, and I'm true. the same way. I, I feel the same, <clears throat> the same struggles where it's like, I'm, I keep trying to find that perfect solution so that I can bring it to, to people. And it is, I think you're right. People, if someone's found it, they're not talking about it. Or if they're not talking about it, uh, have they actually found it? Because I, I really do wonder, like those book reports that you see in 20 books, oh my God, it's some <laughs> of these numbers. And, and it's like, okay, but how much money? And most of them will not tell you how much money they actually spent to get themselves yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. You know? As a, one of my author, uh, author I met in uh, South Africa, Nicholas Wood Smith, he, um, I, I've talked with him a lot. He's a younger guy, uh, college age, but really, really bright. And he's got a lot of great um, releases themselves. And he's one of these people when I I do a newsletter swap with um, you know, I mean, it's like, he's got the most, a very engaged audience, but he would, I would talk to him about that. How I'd say, man, these people put up me, I made a hundred thousand dollars in a month. And he said, yeah, well, they're probably spending $99,000 to make that, you know, or or something, you know, whatever, whatever it would be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, It it, it is. It's very interesting. It is, especially if they don't have um, the backlist in order to be able to support it too. Like with the, that written word media study, well, they've done two now, one, one last year, one this year. And in order to get to, to that 100,000 or level, it's like you have to have 28 plus books on average in order to make that. And of course, those studies don't tell you how much in order to make $100,000 you're actually spending either, funnily enough. But it is interesting that in order to get to that point, even like, sort of get there you have to be you know having a, a list of books you got to have that back catalog yeah and, and that's why another reason like I, i've decided to i am going to keep eyes out and of course jenny um my pa in your pa uh, I've, <laughs> I've talked with her about it and uh you know because i've been getting the discussions with her on and i'd say you know well I, I have this other series out the trilogy but the space opera is not going to start coming out until february so I don't, and I've changed my approach even with a pre-order that um, initially in the prior releases, what I would do is I would plug the pre-order like crazy to my newsletter list, to friends, post it on my personal Facebook, anywhere I can, maybe (laughs) a couple of those marketing services I was talking about. And and it would go, I would have sometimes fair pre-orders, this last one I did with uh, Jenny and I mean, it was the best one I ever had, you know, and fantastic. Yeah. But this time I'm not, I'm waiting because I'm hearing now. Okay. And I guess there's all these theories, like, like you're saying, everybody, you know, tries to figure out, okay, well, what does the mighty Zon want out of me, you know, Mm -hmm. or my book. And so 
So now the idea being, okay, wait until your release is out and, and then start to on a staggered basis, start to email members of my list, the really, the, the not so engaged ones first. And then a few days later, the somewhat engaged and a few and move on up to the, the diehard ride or die. Love my books, people, you know? Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So that, that's kind of, that's kind of been my, my take on this, this coming release just to try to ease into it a little bit and then kind of build momentum. Cause you know, I, I know you can run out of steam, quick especially cash if you're trying to budget for sure well and it, what's really interesting too is that like I, even when you're, you're in that rapid release mindset and in the rapid release game we have to always remember that these books are evergreen they're always going to be there and so you can always come back around and do another relaunch so to speak or uh, another promotion that is a big promotion that'll get you back on the game when i did the pandamas chronicles pandamas came out and it wasn't until like that was in 2013 2017 is when the next two books came out it didn't wow. hit international bestseller or any of that until 2018. So you always have that opportunity to pull things back around and get things going again. I even didn't know if that. it's been dead in the water for years. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that. I, I figured, I thought that was just your, you were like a runaway, had a runaway hit, I guess. I, I never knew where your story yeah. of being the international bestseller. You always have that opportunity, no matter when you release something to decide, okay, we're going to really focus in on the marketing efforts for this trilogy. And the fact that you have your trilogy and you have your box set, you have these opportunities that other people who haven't even written those numbers of books have, because you can huh. always put that effort into really marketing it and making it matter. So it's, it's a really cool thing to be able to know that you have those sitting there waiting for you whenever you're ready. That is good. That's good. Good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I've, gotten uh, one of Craig Martell's books I've been reading through his and yeah and his his thing is of course you know no the, the the best thing that sells a book is the next book but I'm definitely talking I about don't know if I agree with that though I don't know that I agree with that after doing the Windhaven stuff I will tell you that I haven't seen the in incremental growth and I've been putting ad spend and budget and e throwing everything at that series and the series is great but mm. the fourth it's not like I've seen this like crazy incremental growth they've they've hovered at about even every single month. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, maybe so. I, I figure for me, it's going to come on backlist a bit because, you know, I, I mean, the pandemic has of course really increased my writing output, but <laughs> who's to say, Bonus. you know, what if like in March, everything goes back to normal because I tell you this much, if, I mean, not, I'm not going to remotely say that this has been a good thing at all. Don't get me wrong, but one thing that has come out of this being at home for all these months, I mean, this six book, uh, six um, novelette series that I'm about to release, if, if things had happened like the way they did, and, and I, I would still be working on it right now, I would be editing it. I wouldn't be releasing it in February. I'd be, I'd be just trying to finish it, you know, maybe, you know, right. usually like uh, maybe by this end of the year and, and I'd be looking at maybe in the summer or later, you know, so it is definitely up my output, but I, I figure it's going to come for me on the back list because typically my output is not that, not fast. I mean, I, I like to write, but, you know, even like, like I said, married, but with no kids, but keep pretty active, play music pretty often. And just, you know, you mean you have some balance in your life? What is that, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> I'm nuts that way. <laughs> Yeah. And, and just, uh, you know, the, just a day job. I mean, 10 hours, yeah. 
working 10 hour days, uh, it maybe it's not, it is nice having the one day off, but sometimes that day is used to recover from the other four. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can completely understand that one. I don't even know. I bet. I, I bet. Oh my goodness. So your marketing obviously has been a struggle probably since the beginning. So when did you, when did your first book come out? Was that in 2010 or was that, did you no, wait a while? I, I did. Um, I joined the, the Bayou Writers Club in 2013, but yeah. And by that time I hadn't even had it ready. Um, I, I, I did have it like critiqued by them. And, and so I didn't uh, put out my, and actually that wasn't even the first thing I put out. Um, the, the very, very first thing that I, I put out wasn't the first thing I wrote. It was a story called The Harvest. It was a, a sci-fi. Oh, I remember that actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, uh, it, the group actually encouraged me. Uh, one of our members, uh, a guy named Dennis, uh, he's a fascinating, really into writing. He writes a ton. I mean, this guy has got a slew of things that he, he, he's written. Um, and he was uh, talking about the whole short story idea and just how you can actually, and this is back in 2013, 2014, about how, you know, short stories are becoming a little more in vogue. People have less time. It's easy to just grab a, you know, 6,000, 10,000 word short story. You can read it on the go, read it on their phone or, or whatever. And got me to really think about it. And I said, why not? You know, and so I, I wrote that. And so that was the actual first thing I, I released on Amazon um, back in 2015. And, awesome. and just been, thanks. Yeah. And just been going ever since then. I think I put uh, Leave from Absence, which is the very first, the non science fiction short story, uh, not novel, non science fiction novel. I put that one out. I want to say it was 2016. And then just from there, I think the first of the trilogy came out the next year, 2017. So I've just been kind of every year trying to do at least one or two. Um, right. And so now, of course, this coming year is going to be a, a blockbuster as far as right my, yeah well six it'll comments. be like going like gamebusters it'll be crazy yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely so even in the beginning was was marketing a struggle then um back in the 2015 era oh totally i didn't even have an email list when i first put this out i mean this was just me begging and pleading with my family and friends <laughs> yes. <"Just> a book. <laughs> i had an email list but i never really did much with it i feel you so much because it wasn't <laughs> until 2017 where i was like you know i should probably have been working on that <laughs> <laughs> i completely get it oh yeah. my goodness <laughs> And then it's like you kick yourself going, oh, I could have been working on that since 2013 or whatever it was. Yeah, I, I totally understand. <laughs> so authors, if you're listening, get your list up and running. <laughs> That's like the best yeah. thing you can do right now. It definitely Who do you does. use as your, your email provider? Is it MailerLite or is it uh, something else? What do you use? It is MailerLite. I was on MailChimp for a while. Uh, that I was on MailChimp from the beginning of, of building my list. And they, they just, of course... The prices got a little steeper, Crazy. and of course, yeah, and, and went up my, my list, and and it just kind of my list started to grow, and of course there went the monthly fees, and I've been hearing, um, you know, everybody's got their favorite service, and uh, I, I looked around, I looked at SendFox, um, and then I'd heard about MailerLite, and I'd heard like years back they were having some not so good feedback from their users, but. Sounds like that's been addressed, but and I decided to go with them, and yep. uh, just made the switch back last month, 
and um, same actually. Cool. cool. <laughs> I mean, not from Mailchimp. I I started originally with. Oh gosh, I don't even know who I started with originally. Come to think of it, but I I was with MailerLite almost from the very beginning when I really started to grow the list because of Insta Freebie. So I was trying to like find something that connected with Insta Freebie, and they had a special offer at that time where you mm-hmm. could get a discount on Miller Lite if you were on the other one. And so that's that's where the whole thing started. And I was there during that whole downfall of Miller Lite when everything was going haywire and people oh, were getting blacklisted. Oh yeah, that was that was a struggle. But Oh man. Um, well, yeah. I and yeah, you say answer free, but yeah, that that was definitely another big part of it growing at that. Um and then uh book funnel. I think that was the, the first thing I got on was book funnel. And then um, I did Insta Freebie for a while. I, I didn't, I, I kind of got away from them, but I, I then, and you actually are the one that got me uh, into uh, Story Origin. I heard you talking about Story Origin. I love it. <laughs> Just the fact that it's free. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, right. Well, and Evan's over there like, ha it won't be free for much longer. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, $500 a month. <laughs> right. He's got this like incredible platform going right now that I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. All of a sudden people will be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's got a, yeah, he did it the right way. I mean, he's, he did. And, and just everything in there, the little, the promotions, the, uh, getting, I mean, I have audiobook uh, codes now for one of for the audiobook I put out. Yeah. Just all kind of things. It's fantastic. I like both of them so much. Um, book funnel and in, story origin because they they have different options like book funnel I found now like if you wanted to be able to and I who knows maybe Evan at uh, story origin will add this at some point but um, we're going to be setting up some pretty in-depth book funnels inside the back end of go figure book funnel Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm in the process of working on that for next year which is something I will be talking about next year as well but uh, they have the ability in BookFunnel to set up like the whole payment structure. So if your book is wide and you want to use it as a lead magnet or you want to use it as a lead magnet for a discount or if you want to just sell your books in general, you can use BookFunnel to do it and then hook up PayPal to BookFunnel and the whole exchange happens through BookFunnel, but you get paid through your PayPal account. It's pretty neat. Wow. Okay. Right. I, I may, are you, you must have like more of the, the advanced plan for them, right? Like the, the mid-list author or do you have... Yeah, it's the it's like the fifteen dollar one. So it, it's okay. the, it's the first one where you have the uh, integrations is the one that I have. Okay, okay, yeah, I I don't have the the higher like end, but but yeah, definitely I've got the one. I, I do pay the monthly fee, so I think I have the the, the lower monthly fee tier, whatever that one is. Yep. The only cool. reason I went, <laughs> sorry, book funnel. <laughs> the only reason I went to the next tier for that integration, like I I've been at the ten dollar one forever was because we're setting up these book funnels and I wanted to automate it and, and test the automations. I mean, it's not like $5 a month is a super ton extra, but wow. if I can spend $5 on ads instead, instead of just like saving the integration, it was like, I, I did that for years. Why not? So right. it was right. one of the, one of the things, but if we're going to set up this, this automation for the funnel, we, we were like, no, nope, we're, we're going to add that in there. <laughs> 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 Cause it could get crazy. I mean, crossing fingers. That's a, it's a good problem to have. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely when you, you're not going to find out if you don't experiment for sure. I mean, it's, that's something whenever I, I, I get into, uh, I don't want to say argument, but definitely like with Jenny, I'd be saying, you know, I, I don't want to spend all this money on the ads. And she said, well, how are you going to learn it if you don't, you know, spend money on it and, and just try Same it. Same thing as books, right? You got to yeah. test it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, she, she's partially right on that. I have to give her that, but she's always pushing me as well. And I'm like, hang on, I got to make sure my numbers are right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold your horses, woman. <laughs> she is so funny. She she wants to help grow her authors so much. And I love that about her. But sometimes I'm like, oh, it, it's craziness. Hold on a second. Let me just work, crunch some numbers. And she's like, numbers, what are those? <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're sales, I don't care. <laughs> That's it. That's she's, it. she's so funny. Yeah, okay, so if you could good. wave a magic wand and get whatever the marketing results are that you're hoping for, or whatever results, period, that you're hoping for, what would those results look like to you? Well, I would definitely like a steadier stream of sales. I mean, uh, I don't want to say how low mine get, but I, I want to. I, I like to get a steadier stream. I mean, obviously, I love writing, and you know, I. I my, my goal with writing is to just look at it like I look at music. I mean, I've been playing music for 40 years. I've made some money off it. I haven't made a living off it and I don't have to make a living off it. It's a passion. And, you know, I, I try to like, I, I kind of go back and forth with writing. I mean, definitely I love it and I want to continue doing it. I want to get burned out by like, Oh God, the numbers and everything. The sales are horrible, but I mean, I would like to be able to say, yeah, to get at least a steady, stream of sales more and more approaching even a second income. You know, I, I would like to eventually have that, you know, I'll, I'm going to hold on to that passion, but I mean, in the end, you know, I definitely would like to bring in some more money on it. Uh, even maybe make a, a living one day, you know, that that's kind of a, the goal. So I, I just want to, I want to just keep in mind of that, that passion for the writing. I don't want to ever get it, let the, 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 the chase for the dollar get in the way of that. Yep, absolutely. I'm right there with you on that. Because for me, that the writing has always uh, been my creative outlet. And I've had that conversation with Colin so frequently where it's like, you know, I want to do this thing. I want to make sure that it's doing well. And when it's not doing well, then I get stressed out. And he's like, well, are you writing for yourself or are you writing for the money? And it's like, well, no, it's not about the money. It's about the fact that I'm, I'm testing all these things, trying to trying to find that magic ticket for everyone, not just myself, but for everyone to be able to relay it and try to get that across because this industry is so new that I don't think anyone has the answers yet. They all claim to have the answers and they all claim to say they know this thing is going to work, but it doesn't work for everybody. And it, you're not going to have a six-figure income just because you have 28 books. So there, there are certain nuances you have to build and infrastructures you have to create. And which ones are those? That's why I'm always jumping ship and trying something new. Flowdesk, let's see if that works. Let's go check it out. And when it frustrates me enough, I'm like, nope, let's go back to the one that was working better. Let's go back. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you raise a good point, though, about the the magic elixir. We talked about just say, you know, because everybody says, I've got the thing. This is what you need to do. If you do this, you'll be great. And you know, years ago, before I was even thinking about writing like this and publishing, uh, I was trying internet marketing and, you know, I, I'd gotten into all these different, you know, affiliate uh, marketing sites and programs and Google um, AdSense and all these different things. And one of the uh, people that I, I gotten to talk with, this guy was into inter internet marketing. He said something that I thought was pretty apropos and he, I think he could even apply it to this this book marketing we're talking about. And he said, you know, the thing about it is these people out there and they'll, they'll release like a, a program or a service or something and, or, or, or like a, a book rather about how to do it. And by the time they've released their, their program, whatever they're, they're telling you to do is already, it's, it's outdated. outdated. 
Yeah. By the time they sell the service or, or whatever doing it, you know, it's not so much, it's, it's constantly changing. You're right. It's, it's, it's just Amazon, you know, their, their algorithm. I mean, God knows how many times it has been and will be changed yep. and, and everything else. Yeah. That's why some of the programs are really important too. things like uh, Publisher Rocket, because they, they keep tabs for the most part on those algorithms and ways that things can work better. And so even if you're not focused in on that as much as maybe a, an author should be or whatever, you can kind of trust that they will be. So as long as you're using their system and trying to, to get in there pretty frequently, like do, updating your keywords or uh, using them for new keywords for ads or whatever the, the case might be, mm-hmm. I, I think that's beneficial but really, we're kind of in a, a cool spot space too, because books have been around forever. There, you know, the, there's not a whole lot that changes specifically about books. People love yeah. books. People read books. They read them for entertainment. They want to escape their world. So as long as we're we're still providing, you know, that escapism for them, I, I think we're kind of in a better situation than a lot of those people who are, like you said, doing um, some of these big programs that maybe do alter pretty quickly. We're trying to instead just get those stories out there and try to. I don't know, make the world a little bit better or cooler or neater or get those ideas out there. You know, I love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. So are you, I know uh, we were talking about this earlier I, about the whole Amazon or wide um, discussion. Are, are you still thinking of going the way of the wide or are you? <laughs> the way uh, of the wide. I love that so much. <laughs> I, I might have to steal that and use that in my promotional stuff later on the way of the wide. I love it. I want to kick back. <laughs> you, you got it. We'll get an affiliate thing. Speaking of affiliates, we'll get something set up. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I wanted to test because I, yeah, I have to always be in test mode is how I feel. I want to, I want to make sure that I'm providing as much relevancy as possible. So I do still recommend that if you've only got a couple of books out, you're going to want to stick with Amazon because you have to master one thing before you can go wide is how I feel. I went wide first and I felt like it was not the right move for me, especially in the beginning when I only had the one book and then just the three, the trilogy. Mm. I wish I would have gone just solely 100% into Amazon at first and really put all into KU. And I, I did work on that a lot better in 2018, but, uh, I, you know, when I was still working on those additional books in 2019, I, w- I went wide again, trying to think or trying to get that book bub deal. So 2019 was my worst year of like the, the three that I, I had had because of the fact that I went wide and, you know, obviously all the KU re- page reads dropped. And I didn't ha- really have a game plan for marketing wide. So that was part of my problem as well. I was literally just letting it kind of sit there so that I could, mm. get the, you know, book bub deal. That was my, my whole goal. Yeah. Uh, this time it's a little bit different. I, I am pulling eight of my books out. I'm leaving the new series in there. I'm leaving the brand new series that I'm writing in KU so that it, it goes straight to KU. Uh, Apple books was trying to talk me out of that uh, for the new, new, new series, but mm. I haven't changed my mind as of yet. Uh, I had a conversation with them this past week. So, but mm. yes, my Pandamus Chronicles are going to go wide. And then the books that are kind of standalones, the eighth dimension, those are all going to go wide as well. Because honestly, what I found over this past year is unless they're attached to a series that is being promoted with your first book a lot, the, the read through, like the people don't find those books, the, the standalone books in KU. So I'm like, okay, well, there's no point in, in leaving these standalone books in KU. I may as well put them wide. 
start building my base wide. So ultimately I can start to have a, a wider audience, obviously wide, 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 wide for the win. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, with the Panamas Chronicles, the idea for that one is that funnel. The whole reason I'm pulling Panamas, otherwise it would stay in there. I would just leave it there because it does really well with KU. But it's, it's so that I can test out this new funnel in the background in email marketing. But I can't mm-hmm. test it out using uh, a loss leader. So using Pandamas, for instance, as a free or 99 cent thing, if I want to keep it at 399 elsewhere, I can't do that unless it's wide. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's all these like weird, w- weird little nuances. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to pull it, pull it out. It's going to go wide, but I have a different strategy this time, different marketing tactic. And so that's the plan. That's why I'm going wide with it. But I am sure. not doing it with any of my new titles because I, I know how much of a game changer KU really can be for authors, indie authors, and especially new authors who are putting out brand new books or maybe only have a couple books. I mean, it, KU uh-huh. is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really saw that with the box set, um, you know, and I think that's where I really, and I think that was the group that I, the writer's group was telling me, you know, that, that was really what to think about. And it, it really, now it did require me to promote. I mean, I, I don't, I don't get a lot of organic reads, but boy, boy when I run a promotion uh, and especially with this box set, I had the biggest month I've ever had. Uh, this year, uh, like about a month or two back, just promoting the box set. And so I've, I've got another, I started looking at promos that are focusing on KU and then just just shoving my box set at them. Um, yep. and, and it just it just came out in like August. So it's, it, you know, it's still fairly new. I mean, so I, I, I'm, so for my series, that series, uh, I'm probably going to keep in Amazon. But yep. um, I'm looking at, I am going to test the waters with the space opera. And I figure, you know, uh, I figure well, if, I, if I start with it wide and then maybe if, if things are eh, not really sizzling too much, I can maybe pull them back, you know, and just, I do have it on Amazon as well, but I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm not moving anything that was on Amazon exclusive. I'm leaving it there. Cause I just, there's so much LinkedIn and all that. I, I just, I don't want to have to remember and, and then redo and, I mean, it was just uh, the, the, the formatting. I mean, th- and thank you once again for helping me uh, for formatting the box oh, set. Uh, you're welcome. The, yeah, well, it, it looks like a million bucks for sure. Um, that is the power of vellum, guys. Vellum is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and But uh, yes, yeah, so I'm kind of thinking I'm, I'm going to keep those there. So I guess hybrid of the sorts, but uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I want to see... And I figure anything you got to go with it for a little while. Like, I mean, I, I can't just say, okay, I'm going to put one book out and if it doesn't work, it, it, it's not for me. I figure, yeah. let me get, let me get these six out, maybe the, the, the seven with the, the anthology and, and just let, let's see how it goes. And I'll probably get around to doing some more, you know, promotion marketing. So if you, if you are going to test them out wide first upfront, one of the things that Apple said was to let them know as new releases are coming out. So if you get in touch with Apple Books, uh, what they're trying to do is partner more with indie authors. So this is for anyone who actually does want to go wide too. But if you want, um, as you, they are focusing their platform, according to Winnie at Apple Books, um, they're focusing more on new releases. So rather than the, <clears throat> the long-term stuff, their, their platform really pushes out and tries to help out brand new releases. 
And if you partner with them by, you know, emailing them and saying, Hey, look, my, my book is wide. These are the things that are coming out. I have new books planned for XYZ date. Here's a promotion I was thinking of doing with this first book or book three is coming out. So I'm going to run a promotion for book one for a dollar off or whatever. And you let them know that in advance, they'll either try to get you into uh, like a marketing distribution list so that, you know, when it coincides with something that they're already doing, or they'll even try to work with you to create a special promo for that new release that's coming out. But you have to email them. Obviously you have to have that like back and forth relationship with Apple books and let them know uh, when you're working on different things, because they, their goal, according to Winnie from this past week is to really almost create a, a personal relationship with the indie authors who are working in the system. She's like, we have, you know, hundreds of thousands of authors, but only a few of them are actually interacting with Apple books. So huh. if you want to interact with them and, and want your books to be seen better, that might be a, a better option for you. I mean, it, it still works for books that are already on the platform as well. But mm-hmm. the ones that usually get the yeses, uh, the easiest are going to be your new releases. So. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Heck yes. Well, it sounds like you've tried a lot of different strategies so far. And then you've got obviously Jenny on your, your side. So she always helps with some creative new stuff. Like even when I'm not even thinking about promotions, she's like, we need to do some promotions. Let's, <laughs> let's see what we can do this with. I'm like, ah, yeah. oh my goodness. Okay, so in in your author journey, what stopped you from taking areas in or taking action in those areas that are your biggest struggles? Like, has there been anything that really has stopped you from taking that that action? Uh, well, as far as like just the marketing stuff, um, at time is just you know is a challenge. Just getting, I mean, it's been easier this year just being at home like 90% of the time, but <laughs> right. you know, just, right. <laughs> the, the general schedule it's, it's, I mean, it's sometimes it's hard, regular years. It's time for me to, it's hard, it's hard for me to find time to write some much less, you know, market what I'm writing. So that, that's a, that's a challenge. And then, you know, it's, it's almost like a fog when you get into it. Cause it's like, you know, we, we, we've talked about it. It's all the, I've got this idea and this worked for me and I made, you know, a thousand dollars selling books this way. And I, you got to do this. No, you got to forget all that. Those people are wrong. This is the way to do it. No, that's the way to do it. No, this is the way to do it. You know? And it, right. it's like, you get into this fog where it's like, all right, I don't know which ends up anymore. And, and it, it, and not a great response, but I, a lot of times I think it would, I would just kind of sh- shut down a little bit. Like, well, I kind of like just pull back from this a little. It's just, it's just, a slew of people at each other and, and whoever is saying their thing is the best. And then someone else comes in and it, it's, it's a lot of, you know, confusion. Partial there. truth, partial truths. Yeah. 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 And then people that are that stuff that works for them. And of course, and like uh, I, I was telling um, Lisa, she, the uh, leader of the our writers group to me, it's like, it's like diets. How many diets are there out there? I mean, there's a lot of diets. And then if, if there was one diet that worked for everybody, wouldn't there just be one diet? And there isn't, there's, there's tons of them, you know? And yeah. so I, I'm thinking of it that way. Like, okay. Cause what works for your books may not work for mine, may not work for gyms, may not work for, you know, everybody else. Yep. Yep. Well, I think there are some, there are some common threads that really will benefit, but it's going to be coming down to that list at first. You know what I mean? You have to start with that email list and continue to constantly be working on growing it because a lot of those marketing efforts, like you said, especially the ones that are outside of your own sphere, those Mm -hmm. ones are the ones that are like 
they might work. They might not work. And it, it all just depends. Yeah. And the, and the marketing on the emails, definitely. I've, I've learned a lot about that. I've, I've been uh, really working that hard over the past several years. And, um, you know, I, I got into the whole newsletter swaps and that really, that helped me out a lot in the beginning. I think the problem I ran into, it was a little bit of saturation going on with me because I hit that thing hard. I mean, yep. twice a month, I email and, and no less than five links, five different swaps. And I think some of my lists just kind of got like, I guess for a while. Oh, maybe- you were you were so cute. I was emailing people <laughs> every week with six different swaps every week. Jenny was ready to pull her hair out when I was doing that list aim. It was like, we were hitting everyone from every angle, from every location. Oh, and God. people are like, I am so sick of seeing Secret Legacy as a swap right now. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, I was looking at the list and like, okay, cause it was of course the, the opening and the click rate just started to really plummet. And yeah, I guess maybe some of it could be the, you can point to the provider for it, but you know, you, you got to take a little, you know, um, accountability too. And, and uh, I'm looking at the list and just the emails and I'm thinking, what am I doing wrong? What is not getting through to these people? And I, I just figured, well, maybe, you know, they're looking at my email, like it's an Amazon results page and, you know, <laughs> like I, or as Stephen Gordon would say, they're not looking at your email at all. Cause it just went in the junk folder or the promotions folder. Yeah. Because there are too many links. Yep. Good point. Yeah. I had a whole thing with the guy Nicholas uh, was talking about. He um, he and I got into a debate about, well, should you put images at all in your email? Because, oh. you know, I'm always I'm from the school of thought that, you know, people judge a book by its cover. They like the covers. I mean, we we put yeah. all this time into it and covers that can look good as a thumbnail and everything. And why not show them the cover? It's the first piece of marketing. Right. And then his thing was, yeah, but on the email side, they get too many pictures in an email and they they're email service might not even show it to them. It might just put it in some kind of social folder, social media folder, not their primary inbox where it's more visible. Yep, absolutely. And Stephen Gordon has talked about that on the podcast as well, where it's like, you want to be able to get that first initial uh, pass through into their inbox so that their their uh, email service provider knows that, oh, this, this is a person that we want to actually see. And mm-hmm. then if you do have a couple of emails where you have more promotion images and links and whatever it's fine i know that's something that i struggle with as well because i'm a very visual person and it's like i want them to be able to see stuff so i've tested out things where it's like send them to your website where all the visual images and stuff are but that doesn't always work either so Mm -hmm. i don't know it's it's kind of that i think there there has to be that balance between the two where you you have some visuals inside the the newsletter itself and then you send them to your website for some of the other stuff yeah Okay, so let's see, how would you feel if you got a solution to your challenge? Like if, if someone actually did come out with something that you know answered all those questions when it came to marketing or whatever, would you be skeptical? Would you be like, mm-hmm, yeah, right, okay. Or is that something that at some point you would love to be able to uh, incorporate into your platform? If, uh, yeah, if I got, if I got a solution, um, yeah, I, I would probably be a little Uh, cautious at first, just having been burned by a few people that said, you know, this marketing service is great. And I'd say, great, I'll spend money on it and nothing happens. Uh, You know, so I'd probably be a little, little uh, leery of it at first, but I'm also, I'm into trying different, different things. I mean, I've even uh, tried uh, 
switching book designer, uh, cover designers. Uh, you know, I, I actually did it before and I'm, I've contacted uh, Christopher. I'm going to say you're um, Christian. Christian, Christian. Yes. Yep. And so he's going to be doing uh, one for me coming up. Nice. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm not beyond trying, but I, I'm definitely, you know, trying to be a little judicious about, okay, you know, let's, let's be a little cautious because like, like you, you know, I definitely have a mortgage to pay and I don't want to be, uh, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We gotta be, we're going to be in a box next week because I blew, you know, <laughs> I don't think Andrea dollars. would like that. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> She'd be like, mm, Paul, you know what? No, that's not going to work for us. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got a problem. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be uh, outside doing nothing but trumpet playing, trying to earn money. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> with, a, with a bucket in front of you. That's what you're going to be doing. <laughs> okay. Well, we already talked about your plans for 2021. So I guess we're coming to the close of this sucker. Holy cow. But uh, where can my audience find you and your books if they are interested in checking you out and all of your awesome books that they're on their way for 2021? Well, I am on uh, Amazon.com. Uh, you can definitely find uh, all of the books I've released so far there. Um, you can reach me on um, Facebook as well. Um, Paul Heingarten author. And um, I, I guess maybe it'd be better to put my links in, in, your, in the description. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll make sure that we have some links in the uh, show notes so that people can, <laughs> can find I, you. I do a lot of spelling of my name uh, at work and stuff. And I'm talking to other people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of it's funny. It's like kindergarten, but with Hein in the front. Yeah, right? yeah. pretty much. Yeah, but with a T <laughs> instead of a D. Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, let's see. No, it's gar um, Garten, also, kindergarten. It was with the garten? T at the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kindergarten. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. You're right. See, you're right. Go ahead. That's it. Um, <laughs> let's see. I'm also, and for those who don't want to have to worry about spelling my, my last name, uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram as Tannis2112. Um, that's a Dragonlands reference for any of the uh, D&D &D, uh, fantasy readers out there. Dragonlance, the series came out years ago. Uh, if you if you're familiar with that one, that was a yep. that was one of my earlier uh, influences too. Um, my brother loved. I mean, still to this day, he's a dungeon master. Like he's uh, 36 really? years old, and nice. he does D and D campaigns all the time. Uh, I never got into it myself, but I watched many of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I used to do that. I still have the books. I haven't played in a long time now. I have taken to collecting some of the miniature figures, though. Like, uh, you know, we, we go to Barnes and Noble and, you know, without fail, I eventually end up in the sci-fi fantasy section. Big shock. Weird. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Who Imagine that. And uh, I, I always just like, see, I, I don't have any plans of playing D&D anytime. But uh, just to like kind of see what's what's happening, what's the has the game evolved, you know, and and of course I, I love the little figurines, so I'll, sometimes I'll still collect those. But uh, yeah, but uh, Tannis twenty one twelve, that's where I got that from. The character, one of the characters from the Dragonlance series, in twenty one twelve, just because I like our palindromes. Um, let's see, paulheingarten dot com, and uh, that's that's the primary ones you can find me at. Obviously. Now, I assume you have a, a link to be able to sign up for your newsletter on your website as well? I do. I do. I, I am giving cool. away a uh, free short story called Natural Election. Um, that's cool. uh, You can get that for signing up. And uh, yeah, uh, you'll get my email list. I email twice a month. Uh, I 
have a bunch of freebies. You can join my crew of Paul, which is the um, reader group that you can get every book I write for free. Um, I'm looking for some, you know, honest speed, reviews speed for that. Yes, yep. readers, honest reviews and the like. Wicked. And then of course you'll get probably in touch with uh, Jenny, our PA, cause she is probably the one that will be uh, tagging you to make sure that you post a review. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. And, <laughs> and of course I, I couldn't end this without saying thank you also for uh, introducing me to Jenny. Uh, You're welcome been using her services for the year now uh and uh, it's definitely been a shot in the arm uh she has done a lot of the tasks that i've dreaded or just haven't been really good at going to like uh, the, the whole internet marketing facebook twitter instagram posting getting promo graphics ready coming up with ideas letting me know of ideas you know in the sea of everybody with all their different services and and promos and everything. I mean, during the pandemic, she, she clued me into that uh, giveaway that a lot of authors were doing, which I thought was really nice freebie books just for the pandemic. And it, it helped, uh, you know, get some visibility out for me, I think. Yeah, absolutely. She has some, I think because she has a kind of a slew of people where we range from like known to not known to like just starting out to whatever she she has the opportunity to work with a lot of different marketing techniques that other authors mm. have been using and implementing. And okay. so she's, she's like this little fountain of knowledge <laughs> yeah, because she's, she's working with so many different people that maybe, you know, we wouldn't have that opportunity to even know that that group promo thing was existing for the pandemic, but because she's connected to so many other PAs and so many other authors, she's just, she's got it all laid out. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's a great person. Yes, she is. Well, I'm so glad that it's been working out and I hope that it will continue to work out in the future and grow massively with your books and all that good fun stuff. I think it will because you've got a really good game plan for 2021 laid out. I think it's going to be a really cool thing to be able to watch and see how it goes for you because you've got a good plan, I think, in place. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, I thank you for your uh, encouragement and your influence and your inspiration because definitely uh, you've, you've been a part of that. And uh, I'll be sure to keep in touch and keep you posted on how things progress. I love it. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Paul. We'll talk to you later then. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Well, there you have it, my friend. Isn't Paul amazing? He has some fantastic creative energy, and I can't wait to see what he does in the future. Now, for those of you who are interested in becoming a rapid release author, I do encourage you to hop into my final masterclass. It's going to be happening on January 20th at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm going to be talking a lot more about the secret to building an indie author career that is truly successful. I know that you will find a lot of value in this conversation, and I hope that you will join me. So if you're interested in becoming an indie author for life, I encourage you to head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash masterclass to check it out and get signed up. Well, guys, that's all I have for this week. I hope you have a fantastic week ahead. Get a lot of writing in. And in the meantime, go forth and start that author revolution.